Part three, chapter twenty four of War and Peace by Leo Tolstoy, translated by Nathan Haskell Dole. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Marianne. Chapter twenty four. There was no former betrothal, and Bolkonsky's engagement to Natasha was not made public. Prince Andrei insisted on this point. He said that as he was the cause of the postponement, he ought to bear the whole burden of it. He declared that he considered himself forever bound by his word, but he felt that he ought not to hold Natasha, and he granted her perfect freedom. If, within half a year, she should discover that she did not love him, she should have perfect right to break the engagement. Of course, neither the parents nor Natasha would hear to this, but Prince Andrei pressed the matter. Prince Andrei was at the Rostovs every day, but he did not treat Natasha with the familiarity of the zunek, or bridegroom. He always addressed her by the formal vu, you, and only kissed her hand. Between Prince Andrei and Natasha, after the day of their engagement, there seemed to be an entirely different relationship from before, one closer and more simple. It seemed as though they hitherto had never known each other. Both of them liked to recall how they had seemed at the time when they were nothing to each other. Now they felt that they were entirely different beings. Then everything was pretense. Now it was simple and true. At first the family felt a certain awkwardness in their relations toward Prince Andrei. He seemed like a man from another world, and it took Natasha a long time to train the others to feel used to him, and she felt a pride in assuring them all that it was only in appearance that Prince Andrei was so different, and that he was really like everyone else, and that she was not afraid of him, and that no one had any reason to fear him. After some days the family got wanted to him, and felt no awkwardness in going on with the ordinary routine of life in his presence, and he also had a share in it. He could talk with the Count about farming, about wearing apparel with the Countess and Natasha, and about albums and embroidery with Sonya. Sometimes the family, when by themselves, and even in Prince Andrei's presence, marveled that such an event had taken place, that the prognostics of it had been so apparent. Thus, Prince Andrei's visit to Otranoya, and their coming to Petersburg, and the resemblance between Natasha and Prince Andrei, which an old nurse had remarked when he first came to Otranoya, and many other portents of what had happened were recalled by the family. That poetical infestivity and silence, which always marked the presence of an engaged couple, reigned in the house. Oftentimes, when all were together, not a soul would say a word. Sometimes the rest would get up and leave the room, and even then the two young people, though by themselves, would sit in perfect silence as before. They rarely spoke about their future. Prince Andrei avoided it, from dread, as well as from conscientious motives. Natasha shared his feelings, as, indeed, she shared all his feelings, which she was always quick to read. Once, Natasha began to ask him about his little boy. Prince Andrei flushed, as he was apt to do at that time, and Natasha particularly liked it in him, and replied that his son would not live with them. "'Why not?' asked Natasha. "'I could not take him away from his grandfather, and, besides—' "'How I should love him!' exclaimed Natasha, instantly divining his thought. "'But I understand.' You are anxious to avoid any excuse for misunderstandings between us. The old count sometimes came to Prince Andrei, kissed him, and asked him his advice in regard to Petya's education or Nikolai's advancement in the army. The old countess would sigh as she looked at them. Sonya was always afraid that she was in the way, and tried to invent excuses for leaving them alone, even when they did not care to be. When Prince Andrei talked, and he was very admirable in conversation, Natasha would listen to him with pride. 
when she herself spoke she noticed with fear and joy that he listened to her with attention and scrutinized her keenly she would ask herself in perplexity what is he searching for in me what are his eyes trying to discover supposing he were not to find in me what he seeks to find occasionally she was attacked by one of those absurd fits of mirth peculiar to her and then it was a delight for her to see and hear him laugh he rarely laughed aloud but when he did indulge in merriment he gave himself up entirely to it and always after such an experience she felt that she had grown nearer to him natasha would have been perfectly happy if the thought of their parting which was now near at hand had not filled her with vague alarm so much so that she grew pale and chill at the mere thought of it on the evening before his departure from petersburg prince andrei brought pierre who had not once called at the rostovs since the evening of the ball pierre seemed confused and out of spirits he devoted all his attention to the countess natasha was sitting with sonya playing checkers and this was in itself an invitation for prince andrei to join them he did so you have known buzakai for a long time have you not he asked do you like him yes he is a splendid man but very absurd and as was usually the case when speaking of pierre she began to relate anecdotes of his heedlessness anecdotes many of which were wholly imaginary as far as he was concerned you know i have told him our secret said prince andrei i have known him since we were boys his heart is true gold i beg of you natalie said he growing suddenly grave i am going away god knows what may happen you may cease to well i know that i ought not to speak of this one thing though in case anything should happen after i am gone what could happen if there should be any misfortune pursued prince andrei i beg you mademoiselle sophie if anything should happen go to him for help and counsel he may be a most heedless and absurd man but his heart is the truest gold not natasha's father or mother or sonya or prince andrei himself could have foreseen what an effect parting from her lover would have upon natasha flushed and excited with burning eyes she wandered all day long up and down the house busying herself with the most insignificant things as though she had no idea of what was going to happen she did not shed a tear even at the moment when he kissed her hand for the last time and bade her farewell don't leave me was all that she said but these words were spoken in a voice that caused him to pause and consider whether it was really necessary for him to go away and which he remembered long afterward even after he had gone she did not weep but she stayed in her room for many days not shedding a tear and she took no interest in anything and only said from time to time ach why did he go but a fortnight after his departure most unexpectedly to the household she woke up out of this moral illness and began to seem the same as formerly except that her whole moral nature was changed just as the faces of children change during protracted illness End of chapter 24